Orange County showed signs of life over the last two matches, but unfortunately all they have is one measly point to show for it. Thanks to some questionable red cards and some very lucky plays from the opponents, both San Diego and Phoenix. We're going to talk about that. Uh, and we'll look ahead to the match against Monterey Bay. Let's get this thing started. Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the orange and black soccer cast. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm here to take you through this journey as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Uh, let's run through who we have helping me out tonight. First, let's welcome him back. We found him. He was missing for the last, what, month or so, but we fi finally figured out where he's been, I think. He's now back in some grandma's living room to do the show, and that's Dylan. Dylan, how you doing, Dylan? Let's just move it on to Brad because we can't even hear what Dylan's saying right now. Um. Brad, 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 Brad gets introduced first. I don't know what else happened. Brad's, Brad <laughs> is now the first voice other than mine you hear on this episode for the first time ever. He's stoked no, about I think, it. I, I think we've had it one other time. Okay. One other time, Brad. Well, Brad, how are you doing and how was your 4th of July? Um. Oh, boy. I'm going to save my uh, 4th of July rant for uh, – for my random thoughts, but uh, yeah, fireworks are pretty great, guys. <laughs> Did you go over the hump and prump? No, um, Dylan, uh, no. how are you doing? Uh, can 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 we hear you now, Dylan? Let's test this out. Maybe. Yay! There he is. We, we can hear me. Hello, everyone. Um, it is it is so great to be back. I'm I'm sorry I missed you all for three whole weeks. Um, and I have to disagree. Fireworks are actually not great. <laughs> You know what? Fireworks are crazy. We, we and I know we're going to get into talking soccer, but we we my my family we went to my mom's house. She lives in La Mirada. Anyone familiar with the area of La Mirada can actually do you know the the fireworks, not the illegal ones, but the ones that you shoot out of boxes and tubes or whatever, and do little lights and flashes or whatever. So uh, my mom bought a box for the boys to enjoy for. Uh, 4th of July, we were lighting through halfway through. We light this one. It's doing its thing. And then all of a sudden, a big bang happens. And the whole thing just exploded. Luckily, um, we were far enough away from it where no one got hit by any of the shrapnel. But first time I've ever experienced that with a, a, a legal firework exploding like that. It was pretty crazy. But, uh, you know, you people in Nevada, you guys are just crazy with your fireworks. I mean, you guys just probably shoot them off like crazy and, um, you know probably like get bottle rockets and you know hold it with your teeth and let it shoot out like that that's what you nevadans do right brad um i still have all 
10 of my fingers after last night, and one of them, however, got a splinter completely unrelated, and I don't know if my camera will show it, but I have a, it's a Cinderella Band-Aid to go along with it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Interesting thing to go, uh, let's talk about soccer, let's stop talking about all this other stuff, let's talk about soccer. Um I'm going to say this. We're, we're going to talk about two matches. We're going to talk about the match against San Diego last Wednesday. And then over this past weekend um, against Phoenix, both were road matches. And let me just start off with this. This is just off of both these matches. Orange County was actually showing some signs of life in both of these matches. And I think a strong case can be made for both the match. And we'll just talk about both matches combined. We're not going to break them down individually if we don't want to. Um, but if anyone has any specific thoughts about any matches, feel free to um, jump on there. But, um, argument can be made, right, Dylan, that uh, Orange County was maybe the better team in both of these matches and um, only for some interesting decisions and red cards and whatnot and just minor collapses or lapses in defense. Uh, it's the only reason Orange County only left with one points out of these two matches. What, what are your thoughts, Dylan? It's not super unfair to say that. I mean, like, we're one, like, goalkeeping blunder away from probably getting through the San Diego match or like one MMA match away from maybe getting out of this one, but it, we seem to struggle still. We, we haven't actually solved any issues where, yeah, it's the 95th minute and you still can't really get around. Maybe I'm getting a little too ahead of myself there, but um, it's a little frustrating. It's, it's also a little frustrating that we've got, a local like as close to as we're gonna have a derby match and it's on a wednesday night in the middle um like how how are you supposed to be growing the game and, and growing these storylines if you're just messing around with this kind of nonsense scheduling but still just um i don't know man like why are we having an mma fight in the middle of a game um uh, but yeah. Has, has not, anyone, have, have either of you actually heard anything about what the official reasoning for the double red there? I know they were, you know, wrapped up in each other and I get it, but it seems like the San Diego guy initiated um, that altercation. Now, who knows what happened right before it, but I'm assuming the red card is for the altercation. It's not for what happened prior to the, to the actual um, altercation there. And it seems like the San Diego player was the one initiating it. And, piling on top of Longmire and yes, I will, I'm not, I don't want to get people mad. Longmire was throwing some punches from the ground with uh, the big guy from San Diego on top of him. But what else are you supposed to do in that situation? Are you supposed to sit there and let a guy just pummel you and not protect yourself? I, that's, I, I get the spirit of the rule, but I feel like there's instances where you have to look at what happened there. But again, we don't have VAR. We don't have the ability to look back at exactly what happened and the rep's going to make a decision uh, based on what he saw and more than likely in those types of situations, it's going to be a double red card, but, um, can I'm going to go to you, Brad. I mean, can we feel a little bit, uh, frustrated that it was a straight double red on that? Or did you see anything from Longmire that, um, you think, okay, that that's definitely uh, something that deserved a red card from him. Uh, Ray, it takes two to tango and I definitely saw some dance in there. So I think a double red is the, least that you're gonna see if not a multiple match suspension like regardless of what happened in the lead up going to it he fought 
and he continued to fight. And I don't know what happened. I haven't inquired into it. That's kind of not my thing. But he fought, and something's going to come from it. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, uh, it has to be two reds. But, um, you know, the league is going to have that camera footage with the audio. Like, we remember a couple years ago um, how helpful the audio was with a particular disagreement involving a San Diego and another team that we might talk about later on this podcast. Um, and that audio and that camera footage was very helpful in figuring out what was said and what was done um, and the things that were said in the follow-up of that. Uh, the league probably has access or hope has access to that in this regard. And there's absolutely no chance that the cameras and the mics didn't pick up exactly what was said and done kind of in the lead up to that long wire of a cell um, <clears throat> malice in the Torero Stadium. We got to come up with a better name for it, I think. Um, Ray, you're not smiling as much as I thought you would for me making a basketball reference. So that's disappointing. But you didn't finish. Um, you didn't finish it off, Dylan. You 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 started it, but you didn't finish it off. Well, because it's not way. much of a palace. My my point being, um, both of them are going to see at least three games, right? But I can't imagine a world in which Vassell, who's trying to get on top of Longmire for four or five seconds before he actually manages it, doesn't see at least a couple games on top of that. Um, realistically, I think five, six games for probably both of them would be fair, but we've seen things go from like, I think Ami Pineda got nine a couple of years ago or six or nine for kicking a player um, while he was on the ground. And then the player that actually instigated that fight um, walked away with like a one game ban for a red card. So um, hockey fans like to say, spin the wheel uh, and see what the department of player safety comes up with. Um, you know, you guys can play at home, write a couple random numbers on a <laughs> on a board and spin it around or throw a dart at it and, and see what you get. And that's probably going to be pretty close to the uh, the actual outcome here. I, I think our producer, um, Andy, he he sort of tried to get some information on this. And I believe Longmire got two game two match suspension. Um, but I also believe uh, the club is appealing it or contesting it or whatever the official terminology is for that. Oh, Dylan, let me help you out. You know, you were going with that malice in the palace type reference. Maybe we can call it like the tango in Diego or something like that. I don't know. Um, but, uh, cause they were sort of dancing and they were really close and they were moving back and forth a little bit. Who knows? Um, but yeah, let, let me, let me talk about Longmire really quick. Uh, can anyone have a worse like start to their, you know, loan or career with any team you know, Longmire's had a really tough stretch here to start with Orange County. His first match, he was, uh, he contributed to two penalty kicks for, um, was it Lucid? Was it Lucidity? I believe is who uh -huh. they, uh, they played on that first match. Um, was it much better the next match? This match, he's getting a straight red for a fight. Um, is this one of those things where maybe you just have to look at it and say, let's just terminate this loan because it's not working out for Orange County. Um, it's more trouble than it's worth. Or do we see something out of Longmire that we need to keep him here, Dylan? Dude, uh, Mamadou Fall last year for Vegas um, had an absolute shocker of a game and then went off and was like arguing and borderline about to really honestly looked like he was about to fight a number of his teammates. And, um, you know, now look what he's doing. He's got to take time. He's been thrown into an absolute dumpster fire of a back line and an absolute dumpster fire of a season. And yeah, he's going to make mistakes because there'll be another person to talk about that still gets minutes after making a lot of mistakes as well. Um, so this one, 
a little less so i think a mistake like yeah you're not walking away right because you're not you're playing a game you're on a razor's edge you're not thinking rationally like you're not walking away from when someone's squaring up to you like yeah you're gonna you're gonna talk back and you're gonna start throwing punches back so uh i, I want to give them a little bit of credit for this one there there were you know worse mistakes like a certain penalty call that followed this definitely and and you know the interesting fact with us i'll go to you brad is um you know this happened with a score tied 1-1 and um even after this happened orange county was at least looking like they were not panicking they were not uh struggling it was a hard-fought battle um and it was just a uh sort of it's something that happens just a goal that I don't know. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> I don't even know what I want to say. Brad. There, there's a question in there somewhere. Uh, I'm just going to, I guess, uh, go figure back it out. Figure it. out the question. Yeah. Um, well, Dylan alluded to a certain penalty that happened uh, later. You know, it's it's how do you replace someone like Longmire when he's the only healthy body you have? Like, sure, you can say, let's terminate him. But what are you going to do? Play Skendi back there more? Uh, you know, and it doesn't help that Orozco got a red in his uh in his next match that we'll cover later, but there there is no other options that the team has right now. Um I know we're watching this what is it, Hoffman uh who gives up the PK on this stream live right now and you know we can talk till the moon comes in about how enunciated that arms in the air, you know, going down is, but I think a penalty is the right call there. And there were opportunities that Orange County missed the second half. Is is the penalty the correct call though, Brad? I I, I got to fight you on that because it, it's Hoffman throwing his right leg in front of, or sorry, um, the San Diego player throwing his right leg after he sort of stumbles a little bit in front of Hoffman, who's just running past the player. And that's what causes the contact. Even the announcer for San Diego, she said, that the San Diego player created the penalty. Um, and then she also said it should have been a card for Hoffman in that situation, which is baffles me if, you know, she's admitting that her, the player she's a homer for created that penalty. Um, and then also saying that the OC player should have got a card. That's, that's a totally different story. But if you look at that replay really closely, that contact is initiated by the San Diego player. And it's Hoffman's just trying to run past him. He's not like trying to take a swing at the San Diego player. So I can, I will say I do not believe it should have been a penalty. It's just, again, it's one of those things in this league. Um, it, it A, we've already talked numerous times of how inconsistent, how poor the refereeing is in the USL. And obviously there's no VAR to maybe look at that and see if that's a, uh, you know, a clear and obvious error in the call. I disagree. I think I don't like admitting it, but I think it is the right call. It's contact in the box, and as much as I think uh, San Diego is guilty of kind of uh, uh, embellishing the contact there, I think there is contact. Um, And like it or not, Hoffman's not going for the ball. It doesn't look like he's going for the ball. It looks like he's... Yeah, he's running by the player. He's running by the player. He's not even trying to make a play on the ball, Brad. That's the the issue with it. If you watch the right leg of the San Diego player, he throws his leg out in front of Hoffman, who's just trying to run past him. I'm sorry, Brad. I'm not going to agree with you on this one. We can can disagree on it. That's perfectly fine. Uh, But looking as a completely like, you know, taking my affiliation with this team out, 
definitely think it's a, it's the right call. Uh, Hoffman's not playing for the ball. He misses the ball completely, and then there's contact after he's whiffed the ball, and the ball's away from the player. It's a penalty kick, but definitely, it, definitely, you know, we don't need the arms being thrown in the air. I think we, bo- we both can agree and say that uh, let's not embellish the call a little. Hey, Dylan. I mean, let Brad know. I'm I'm right here, right? I'm the correct person in this argument. I I see that I'm barely 20 minutes back into the show and already I'm having to do some peacekeeping. Um, I, I don't think, it, in a perfect world, I don't think it's a pen because I'm not convinced of the actual contact. I think his foot's already going before there's actually any contact made, but how was the ref supposed to see that refs not a foot away to, to see that there's actually not contact there. And yeah, there's no VAR. So, um, this is why Dylan, this it was is a bad tackle. Honestly, this is why you got to get into politics, Dylan, because you're trying to play both sides of this argument right here. You're trying to balance between Brad and myself and not pick a side. Well, cause ultimately like it's, it's complicated and it was a bad tackle, but I'm not it convinced is. of the contact really being the reason um for the penalty like i'm not sure there yeah, the was actually enough contact there down. for that to be go, going on he's slipping and that's yeah. unfortunate but when you put your leg past someone and then they start to go to the ground and i'm 15 yards away from you and i'm just hauled to get across the pitch um yeah it looks like a pen <laughs> so i i understand why i mean what, what this was is far so i get that ways. i get that Dylan. i get that dylan it looks like a pen. I get why the ref's making that call because it's tough to make that kind of call in that situation with no assistance, no VAR. And you're, you know, you're not one of the top five to 10 refs in the world when it comes to soccer. So uh, I'm not expecting it to be perfect. And we've discussed it numerous times about how imperfect USL refing is, but um, just uh, I'm taking it outside of what the ref did. Just looking at it, it was obviously not a penalty, at least in my eyes, Brad may, um, have an argument on his end, but all the contact and even the San Diego announcer admits that the contact is created by the San Diego player um, on there. Uh, and that was, I, I don't know what her name is, but in her own words on that, right? Shannon Mimpillen, so, I believe. 99. I, I just don't know what you would give instead of uh, a penalty there. Would you... I'd give nothing there. There would be nothing there because the San Diego player slipping, he throws his right leg in front of the path of Hoffman as he's running back. And that's what creates the contact. It's not Hoffman making a play on the ball. Hoffman's trying to run past the player at that point, not even making a play on the ball. And the San Diego player throws his right leg in front of Hoffman's path as Hoffman's trying to run past. That's what it is. That's why there'd be no penalty. Either there. way. Right. Either way, we get the privilege of looking at it later on. on yeah, a replay that's, I, over and over. I get zoomed it. in. No, I it get that. Looks like that, a I duck. I don't, I don't. Yeah, and it sounds like a duck. Then it's probably a duck. And in this case, the duck is non-penalty. Um, so in the end, Orange County loses the match in San Diego, two to uh, two one. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, with that penalty, that gives San Diego the win. Um, and um, something that we were looking at is hopefully at least some sort of result in San Diego ends up in disappointment. Uh, and the trouble with it is, A, you get Longmire with the red card, so you know he's going to miss out on the next match. Uh, and that next match is in Phoenix, uh, and it's only, what, three days uh, between matches. 
uh, for that Phoenix match. So Orange County heads over to the desert. What is it? Wild Horse Pass or something like that. Um, and they're facing our good old friends in Phoenix who are struggling as well. This is interesting, right? I, I think when you look at the calendar or the schedules when it comes out, this is a marquee match for the USL. Um, you know, 4th of July weekend on a Saturday night, you got Orange County and Phoenix. That's definitely a marquee match at the beginning of the season. But you head to the match and both teams are really, really struggling. And I'm going to say this, Orange County was even more dominant in this match against Phoenix than they were even in the San Diego match. They look like they should have gotten the full three points against this Phoenix squad. Uh, unfortunately, again, that did not happen. Um, and Orange County's left at least with one point, but that just has to feel like a loss in this instance uh, against Phoenix. Dylan, what's your thoughts on the Phoenix match? Let's not even get into the red card uh, situation that happened or the little altercation that happened that saw Orange County get you know, two red cards and what Phoenix, one yellow card. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, what are your just overall thoughts of the match against uh, Phoenix? Oh, thank God that Milan Oloski is not slowing down any because um, look, if we discount what he's done this season, we are not even entertaining a conversation about what two months from now might look like, but he is getting it done. Um, and that's, that's keeping us around. Um, and it's it's giving us a little bit of hope, I think. If you have a guy that you can consistently feed the ball to and he'll just keep scoring goals. I mean, this was Michael Seaton four years ago, Michael Seaton three years ago. This was Ronaldo Damas last season. And you can keep feeding him the ball, and he will keep finding ways to score. Ugly goals, pretty goals, stunners, terrible stuff. I'm waiting for a, a, maybe for him to take after Richard Chaplow and score one with his rear end. Um, it doesn't really matter. He's, he's kind of the bright spot for me of this team and of this match. Oh, he's, he's the obvious bright spot, um, at this point of the season of very little, very few bright spots. Let me ask you this. I mean, uh, a super negative spot, Brad, uh, what's the, do we know what the record is for most own goals scored in a season? Cause now Albie's like, well, this is his second or third of the season, right? I mean, in this match, um, is there something going on here? Is there maybe some sort of secret contract that the usl has given to albie that says hey orange county signing you but please score some own goals because man he's just he's struggling back there um and obviously he's in there because uh, longmire gets the red card in san diego so skindy has to play in this match um but man is that that has to be frustrating right brad i mean it's it's just been the theme of the season uh mistakes in the back four and every week i i'm thinking oh there's no way I can come up and say something new. And then every week I'm proven wrong. And this time it's a Longmire gets into a UFC fight and Skendi scores yet another own goal. And this one's a stunner. It's like top right corner, you know, like if he was a striker, we'd be saying it's like a, a pretty good goal of the year. And he also is a striker, except in this case, he's scoring on his own goal. Um, but I guess the one thing we continue talking about over the last two seasons is late goals in times that we shouldn't be allowing late goals. Yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about that last minute goal, but before we get there, and I'm gonna probably give a very unpopular opinion with Orange County fans, and you guys will probably like be shocked with what I'm gonna say here. Um in this match, there was another altercation for the club. Uh, and this time uh, it was Aiden Quinn 
with a really hard challenge on uh, Kubo Torres. Uh, when you look at the replay, potentially that should have been a potential red card. I'm not saying for sure it's a red card, uh, but there's the potential there because of the follow through in it. Uh, but in the altercation, there's a scuffle between multiple players. Michael Orozco gets involved in that. Um, and unfortunately, and I'm going by the rules of the game, he does put his hands towards the throat of a Phoenix player. And although it was a very slight, like one second contact and um, probably not intentionally going for the throat, just sort of trying to push the guy back is what it looks like to me by the rules of, of, of the game here, the contact at the throat is a red card. And so I have to say it's a, it's a red card. I, I'm not going to argue with that. I know there's a lot of orange Kenny fans that are frustrated. Thinks it was a very, uh, think it's a very light red card there, but unfortunately because the hand did get to the throat, I think it's a legit red card there. Obviously I don't think that's what Orozco was going for. I think Orozco was just trying to push a player back who is being very confrontational at that point. Um, but a red card for Michael Orozco. So that's difficult, but in the altercation, Again, initiated by the Aiden Quinn challenge on Kubo Torres with a very, very strong follow through there. Um, I believe Aiden Quinn gets a yellow uh, and Orozco gets a red because of his uh, hand for a second on the throat of one of the Phoenix players. And um, also, uh, one of the who was the other Orange County player that got the card? Uh, uh, on the Kevin bench. Partita, but he Partita, was he was already on a yellow. He had been subbed off, but something he did off the bench there during that altercation. He gets the red card now. So in an altercation initiated by Aiden Quinn, uh, we'll talk about him in just a little bit. Orange County sees two red cards. Uh, Phoenix gets one yellow card. Um, and that changes the whole dynamic of this match that Orange County was dominating up until that point. Uh, and um, I, I, I'm not saying that's an excuse as to why Phoenix should be able to score in the 94th minute of a match, but that's part of it, right? You, you, your main, your best defender out there is now off the pitch. You may have been able to organize the defense a little bit better. Um, thoughts on all of that, Dylan, um, the whole altercation and the red cards and the yellow card to Aiden Quinn. What were your thoughts on that? And do you agree that Orozco deserved a, a straight red there? Uh, he's two inches away from not getting a red, but yeah, he hits the neck. So it becomes a red, um, He's given up dumber red cards in the past. It, it's just a frustrating, dumb situation because we still can't defend. And and yeah. now we're going to be missing a Roscoe and Longmire uh, in the next upcoming match. That's going to be fun. We're we're going to have to see what happens with the team. But sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Sorry. No. Um, yeah, we still can't defend. It, it's a dumb, dumb situation to get into. But yeah, it's it's not a surprise. I think. Um, maybe we've kind of forgotten like in Quinn, much like Michael Vosco is a player who is very intense and very argumentative and combative. And it's not a surprise that he would get chippy. And it's not a surprise that he would put in a hard tackle because he is um, playing to win. He's playing on a hundred percent, like full gas constantly. Like he, you know, he had goes at other players while he was here. He goes at other players during matches, during training. Um, this is kind of like a, an Aiden Quinn thing, but it's not a bad thing. It's just, you know, now we're seeing the opposite side of it and we're falling for, for dumb stuff behind that. And it's, it's costing us points that we can't really afford to get rid of. So maybe we're singling out Aiden Quinn because we, we lost this match when, you know, there's still like 
defensive errors and we've still historically done pretty poorly there like in 2018 we won 4-3 we gave three goals in the second half like, and very nearly gave up a fourth in like the 96th or 7th minute so this is uh kind of part of the course as far as i'm concerned like a red card and or two red cards and then some bad defending this this sounds like an orange county match Brad, your thoughts on the, the the altercation that led to the two red cards for Orange County, one yellow for Phoenix, and how it uh, impacted the match? Um, I don't think that, uh, albeit the tackle was very hard, I don't think Quinn necessarily deserves a red card there. I'll disagree with you again. Um, I think that, uh, that Quinn comes in, the challenge is definitely yellow card worthy. Uh, he comes in strong. I think he pushes. Um, I think he pushes Cubo, but I don't think – I think he's trying to avoid a stomp afterwards. You can tell he's definitely not trying to to stomp uh, Cubo while he's on the ground, which is what I think would have earned him the red if he, uh, if he did connect with that stomp. Um, however, I think it's just a very hard tackle and a very physical game, and and that's a yellow. That's not a red for me. Um, a Roscoe, yeah. Dylan covered it perfectly two inches from not being a red. Um, I don't think he was trying to go for the neck. I think he was genuinely, genuinely trying to push somebody away, but definitely, definitely a, a player we cannot afford to lose. Uh, Cause what our next, our next back four is going to consist of uh, Villanueva, uh, Peterson, Skendy and uh, Hoffman. And that is a because I think after Roscoe got sent off, I think Peterson filled in on the back four. If not, uh, who's the guy? Who's, who's the guy we have on loan from Red Bulls? Yeah, uh, Dom, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't so, know. I mean, Dom wasn't impressive either. Have we yeah. considered re-signing Kevin Alston? He's out there. He's, He's available, great. right? <laughs> I think um, his days might be so done, but at this couple point, more things. Couple more things I want to talk about this match is. Um, Let's talk about Aiden Quinn really quick. Uh, obviously a fan favorite from his time with the Orange County. I think there was some, you know, general, the fans still were loving him, even though he went to a rival in Phoenix, uh, but they still wanted to show love to Aiden Quinn. Has he sort of like burnt that last bit of, of appreciation from the Orange County fans? Is, is he now an enemy to Orange County fans after uh, the events of this match? Or do you see still Orange County fans loving Aiden Quinn for what he did for the club? Um, Dylan, as, as the longest tenured Orange County fan here, I'm going to ask you is, is Aiden Quinn still a fan favorite with Orange County fans or is he now sort of uh, moved past that stage? Um, I don't think he's moved past that stage. I think most fans think that, uh, good riddance about him and that we're better off without him. And I don't share that idea, but, um, I know plenty of people felt great when he missed his penalty last year and Phoenix went crashing out of the playoffs. Um, I don't know. He was the backbone of this team's creativity for a while. And like, you know, he had an incredible successful tenure. It's not a surprise knowing who Aiden is that he is this way and that he's actually not going to be that popular here after the fact, but, um, kind of go against the grain and I'm, I'm still a fan, even if everyone else likes to uh, complain about him in the stands. Now, 
one other thing I noticed in this match that I have a really big concern with, and this has to do maybe with um, preparation for matches and equipment managers. I don't know what Orange County does with all this, but it seemed to be that the Orange County players were playing on ice while Phoenix was playing on solid ground. Um, if you watch that replay, there's probably at least 25 times that Orange County players are slipping, falling, losing their, their footing on this ground for whatever reason. I, I've watched you know, NFL games in the past where, you know, you'll, you'll hear about the, the team is switching their shoes midway through the game because they're realizing they're not working. I get it. NFL has a lot more money invested and uh, available for these types of things, but uh, what can be done in this? I'm going to ask you, Brad, this question, like, is, is that a concern that we're going maybe with the wrong equipment and we don't have like a backup option when, um, you know, a, your, your first option for cleats isn't working. What are we going to do to change this? Cause for whatever reason, Phoenix was staying on their feet. Orange County was just tripping and falling and sliding left and right. I, I don't get what was happening there. What are your thoughts, Brad? I'm not qualified to answer that question. I, I haven't worn a pair of cleats since I was a child. And to be honest, I wasn't making decisions about what footwear we bring to games and, uh, and changing it. Plus I don't think the money is there in this division outside of uh like phoenix to even afford multiple pairs of shoes i think they're just used to that field because that's where they play every week it was 96 degrees at kickoff and really hot uh and they were the better prepared field team for the field that they played on which you know they weren't the better team on the night but they were better prepared for slipping and sliding all over the place i guess dylan quick thought quick thoughts on that i mean what can be done to help uh, prevent that again from happening again in the future with Orange County. Like, I mean, look, it looked like ice capades for them out there. They were just, and that, that equalizing goal for Phoenix was partially due to Tommy McCabe stumbling and slipping on the, the pitch right at the top of the box there. Yeah. If Tommy doesn't slide that goal, probably, I mean, I, I feel pretty confident saying that they don't actually score that goal, but um, yeah, it's not great. Unfortunately, uh, not to not to discredit Brad here, but if a player does request uh, a pair of boots, uh, the club is is obligated to supply boots. I believe with one or two pairs. Um, so you know, there's that. Apologies for the dog noise, maybe in the background, but um, <laughs> I don't really know what to do outside of. I don't know. Not not stretching. Is this because we're down a man and we're we're just trying to stretch that extra inch and the turf gives away a little bit? I'm not gonna say they have a worse pitch than us because you know <laughs> it wasn't that long ago that we were painting the field um, for against TV, Phoenix so, against <laughs> Phoenix no less. So um, yeah, I just think it's a little bit of bad luck, a little bit of stretching too far, and yeah, you're not gonna go out and wear metal studs like soft ground boots on this because you were gonna um, obviously. You're gonna yeah. do your knee in if you do it that way. So yeah, it's, to it's be fair, be I don't feel I don't feel discredited because I don't know what I'm talking about in terms of boots. So how can you discredit someone who isn't even giving them credit in the first place? <laughs> um <laughs> so unfortunately Orange County leaves these two matches. We I think most of us, Dylan wasn't here, so we don't know what Dylan's thoughts were, but we're all hopeful to get at least results in both of these matches. Um, but unfortunately, Orange County gets only one point out of the two matches, um, two matches that were very important here at this point of the season, um, especially when you're getting a chance to face a very, very struggling Phoenix squad in Phoenix. 
Um, you got to take care of that opportunity and get the full three points, but they just, it doesn't happen. Um, so with that, let's get in really quick to our um, two games. One of them is finalized now after the San Diego match, which was our playing for pride um, game. So let's talk about that really quick and see how our standings ended up with that um, in playing for pride, um, which again, everyone knows uh, we had uh, some really good stuff. Look at that. We had quite a few listeners beat us out. Uh, Chuck, Marcus, Russell, and Larry all beat us in this playing for pride thing. So um, we're going to have to make sure we find out, confirm who I, I know some of these names for sure, but we'll have to confirm all these names, uh, make sure we get information so we can send them something um, from the podcast in honor of them beating um, Alan, who ended up winning out of the podcast. Dylan was winning for so much of the time, and then Alan snuck up for the win there at the end. Um, I got third. I at least beat Andy and Brad, so that's a good thing. Um, it, you know, Dylan. Hey, uh, I'm not sure bragging about beating me is the flex you think it is. Ooh. That's our producer, Andy, there jumping on. Um, it is a big flex, Andy. It's a big flex. <laughs> just, um, just... When I typically am last in these competitions, anytime I could beat anyone else, it's a big flex for me. So I'm going to take it. And if you look at that, I was only 12 points back of the of the winner, Alan, from the podcast. But again, congrats to Chuck, Marcus, Russell, Larry um, for beating the so-called experts. <laughs> yeah. Whoever Chuck is, we got to get Chuck on here as an expert because Chuck knew who to pick on there um, to win this uh, playing for pride thing. That's Chuck um, Eldridge. Come on, guys. Uh, you, okay. You okay. Well, I I didn't want to assume. I did not want to assume. The man is only. And honestly, you know, I look at Chucky, and my first thing that comes to mind is cheese at the end of that, and I didn't want to go that route and and make it like that. You know, Chuck, to, to give a little insight, Chuck is probably the only psychopath that uh, we had in this whole competition uh, because obviously a lot of us, I did not, but a lot of people picked up uh, Rakovsky as a goalkeeper of choice. Chuck is the only person to have picked up Shuttler. And the two games Shuttler had at the end of the uh, month Absolutely, you know, though that is the difference between him and Marcus. Is that was those a value points. pick right there? That was a value pick right there. That Shuttler for mm -hmm. one dollar. Um, that was a good pick. Um, but to like quickly wrap up playing for Pride, uh um, I'll have to release actual statistics about individual players and where they ended up on the rankings because it's actually quite cool uh seeing the final rankings and especially the players who got chosen. Um, nobody picked um, Cubo Torres. Everybody who wanted a five cost went Milan Oloski. And not saying that at the beginning of the month I disagree, but that would be one of my changes I would have made. I probably would have made Cubo a four cost pick to uh, entice people to pick Cubo over Oloski because they both had pretty good months. I think Cubo only scored like four or six less points than uh, Oloski. Yeah. Um, so. Obviously, we, we're, we're all making donations towards Playing for Pride for our participation in this. Also, the podcast will make a donation. Um, we do ask, you know, if, if anyone can also contribute to Playing for Pride. 
um, whatever amount you can is awesome. We, we it's, it's a, something we all support on this podcast. So um, thank you so much for the fun. We'll do this again next year. And hopefully I can jump up and be second place next year. Um, the other competition we do, this is a year long competition is our prediction competition uh, where all of us predict the winners and the score lines of matches to see who is awesome at this. See, this is, this is more like me when it comes to these types of competitions. I am not even close to Brad who's in third place. Um, I'm 20 back of Dylan, who's in first place. Uh, and uh, you know, it's funny. I got it wrong. This is the game where people get a prize, but I'm going to do something for the playing for pride thing. But this is the game where people get a prize and we're, do we're looking mm -hmm. better as a podcast here with only uh, El Patron de Grayson uh, beating us with 87 points somehow, some way. Great job, man. That that's that's the expert right there. That's if anyone has gone to our website recently and read, um, that's Larry who's produced uh, uh, provided some written articles on our website. So support, go read what he has to say um, and share that so we can get more readership there. But that's how things are going as of now. We still have more matches to go with this. Let's just briefly talk about our upcoming match. Uh, the first match for Orange County um, against Monterey Bay. Um, it's a home match for Orange County. The first time these two sides are going to face each other. Uh, I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. I don't know anything about Monterey Bay except for the fact that Somehow, some way, they're below us on the table, I believe, unless they've jumped us. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, but uh, this is a match. Maybe the standings are based more on um, earlier poor performances from Monterey Bay because I believe they've been playing better as of late. So this is not uh, a, a match that we can look at and say this is a easy victory for Orange County. Um, this is going to be something that they're going to have to do. And again, we're going to have a weird back line for this match. Dylan. Um, What's going on with this Monterey Bay team? Can we beat them? And what do we need to do to beat them? I think um, maybe with a solid back line, yeah, we can beat them. But I don't know. I have a lot of respect for Hugh Roberts as a, as a person and a lot of respect for him as a player as well. I think, yeah, it takes time um, as an expansion side to kind of develop. And I think they're kind of coming around to that now. So... I don't know if we can beat them. And to be honest with you, with whatever our back line looks like, I don't have that confidence. This isn't the team in last October where Rob Kiernan picked up a red card and Kevin Olsen just slotted over and played maybe one of the best games of his life at center back. Um, I don't have that confidence in, in this team and this back line to kind of see this game out because I can't see Orange County scoring two, three goals here. I think it's, you know, Score oh, once on. and can score two, three goals on his own there. I mean, yeah, I'm aware. And he is currently the league golden boot holder. Now you won't hear anything about that. I'm sure. But I just, I can't see us putting like two or three back this, unless we just, you know, like whipping across and Albie Scandy's head happens to just be there again. Cause no, no, no. Two it goals won't be there, scored that way. I was going to say, Albie Scandy's going to have to be in defense if he's playing. Cause we have no defenders. Um, so Albie Scandy is going to have to stay back. He's not going to be able to push forward like we've seen in the past. We need him in the back. It's probably going to be for that Scandy. corner for that corner that we'll get. Oh, for the corner. Okay, he, he's still good for one want? though. Be there. Okay, because he's, he's just good so for one. Tall. We don't he's know if it's an own goal, if it's an own goal or a uh, a goal for us. But he's good for one goal in this match, Brad. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm not going to put that on paper, but joking matters. Is he's good for one? If anything, good for one. Jonas. Would anything be funnier than a 1-1 draw with Albie Scandy scoring both goals? 
Well, we need to now figure this out for the U.S. I I I don't want to look up like world soccer records, but I want to look up USL championship records for the most own goals in a season. I want to really figure out what that is because I want to see if Albie Scandy potentially can get to that uh, record. Brad's I already see Brad like trying to think of how do I look that up? Where do I go to figure out that information? We're going to try and find that out and we'll let you know. Um, probably not this episode, but in the future, we'll figure this out and maybe we'll do a um. When Albie Skendi watches, we get closer to the end of the season and see if he can actually break the own goal record uh, for the USL Championship. Um, but my interesting thing, and I'm going to ask you, Brad, even though you've disappeared from our screen for a moment, I believe Sorry, you're probably Sorry, girlfriend's, uh, no, girlfriend's dog had a nightmare giving belly rubs to supplement. Oh, I lo- you know, I, I'm not trying to be mean, but I love when dogs have like a nightmare or a dream where they start barking like they're chasing a bird or something like that or, or whatever and start going all crazy. Right. Do you have any dogs, Ray? Yeah, I do. My my dog does that all the time. She's she'll be laying there, and all of a sudden you just hear her. Do I need to call up uh, animal rescue? No, in my mind, she's like chasing a bird or chasing a rabbit or something like that. She's not actually scared. But Brad, I'm going to ask you this question. Um, Obviously, Rich Chappell likes to go with a back three, uh, with three center backs in the starting lineup. If he does go with that plan for this match, who are our starting three center backs against Monterey Bay? Our starting three center backs are Patrick Rakowski, uh, Nadam, and uh, Skenny. All right. Has anyone, uh, Dylan, do you think the club has reached out to players maybe like a Walker Hume or a Leonardo and asked any of them if they can come play in a spot for us um, since they're familiar with the team at all? Look, I know I'm being goaded here, but come on. Walker Hume wasn't even hitting the gym in 2019 when he was still a player. There's absolutely no chance. There are so okay. many other people that would be getting a call for a one-week loan or a two-week loan or a one-month loan be- beforehand. I would, maybe I would sooner can, give it to Kevin Alston. Maybe we can ask uh, Ren, Rens, Rennes, Ren, whatever they are, if we can uh, borrow uh, Kobe Henry for a month. Less. You don't really pronounce the end. It's just you just go right past it. Well, yeah, we've missed you, Dylan, in this because in all this. Kobe Henry goes to France, and we don't know how to pr- pronounce these uh, these French words. Um, we miss Dylan on that. But is there any – maybe we can ask, hey, can we just borrow him for, for a month? We need him right now, right? I mean, at least he would know how to fit into the squad. Or maybe we can ask for uh, for um, Blake Malone or maybe get Gorski back on the squad. I don't know. What, what's going on? What are we going to do with this? This is scary, right? Yeah, I mean – it's it's so funny because we look back and we've got all these emergency signings, all these these like random loans of people who you know probably trained here for a week. Paperwork gets done and they start two days later. <laughs> we had a center back here who was under contract for a couple of years, went out on loan, did his thing, you know, spent spent time injured, but did did his thing and and ended up winning a cup. And then we just refused to play him, and now we're. Yeah, now, now we need center backs and we don't have one. And uh, I mean, nothing against, uh, you know, um, who are Gorski. I mean, he was there too. And we just, he, he left for whatever reason. I mean, these are players that we could be, we could use right now on this squad for whatever reason. Um, but we don't have that. So it's, it's scary, but let's get into this predictions against Monterey Bay. Brad, what's the prediction for Monterey Bay? Oh boy. I'm on the spot first. Um, you know what? Here's what I'll say. If Dylan Powers is in this game and he looks as good as he did down the stretch last season, uh, two to one Orange County. Um, and that is the one I'll put on paper. 
if he's not in the game, it's probably going to be one to one. All right. So Brad's official though is two one Orange County. Dylan, yes. your prediction for this match? It's we know what it's going to be. Massive yeah. surprise, but it's going to be a good one one draw here. And then I'm going to um, let our producer, Andy, do the prediction for Alan. Um, we'll wait for him to get in there. I'm going to do my prediction right now. I'm going to say 2-2 two, two, uh, draw on this match uh, against Monterey Bay. I heard my hey, name. Andy. What am I doing? You're going to do Alan's prediction for this match against uh, uh, Monterey Bay. Uh, uh, I don't know what their record looks like, but I'm going to – like, They've lost four of their last five. I'm going to put myself in Allen mode, and I'm going to say 2-1 Monterey Bay. All right. There we go. So there's our official predictions for the podcast. Uh, everyone else, get your predictions in so we can make sure we tally those and we can share those uh, and keep track of those and, and find out who's doing good and who's better than us at figuring all this stuff out. Um, yeah, I see Dylan's trying to figure out the uh, own goal <laughs> records in the USL. It's difficult because they don't keep many statistics easily available in this league, but somehow, some way, we'll figure this out. Um, let's uh, do this um, really quick because Brad brought it up. We got to talk about the return of Dylan Powers. Um, we know Dylan loves the fact that it's uh, our Dylan loves the fact that Dylan Powers spells his name differently. Um, but what are your thoughts, Dylan, of the orange and black soccer cast on the return of Dylan for orange County soccer club. Did that make sense? Be any more convoluted. I'm confused. Um, Am I excited? He's back. Yes. Uh, Is he a center back? No. So I'm a little (laughs) bit made for this match. He gets Monterey baby a center back. I, I, I kind of hope this is a shift to like a diamond in the middle. Um, he, did really well for a 4 one um, I think he really helped uh, Tommy McCabe the tail half of last year. I think his his ability to kind of pick out a pass and progress the ball was really helpful because we obviously didn't have Miko um, a little bit deeper in the pitch. And I think Miko's another player who can who can move the ball that way. So I think that, ex- that experience and um, – his experience just as a player and his ability should should do us numbers here. Um, my hope is this maybe frees up Peterson to do something a little bit different. Um, maybe a side-by-side with Tommy McCabe. Maybe just anchoring it himself because I, I actually believe in his ability to do that. But let's see if we got to get through a couple weeks of suspensions and injuries. And you know what? Like, there's just enough hope, I think, off of Milan Olaski's coattails at the moment. Uh, that's a little conductor joke from that New Mexico match, by the way. I'm not sure if that one went over the head, so I thought I would just beat it over the head. Um, I think there's enough hope riding off his coattails that maybe there's still hope for what Dylan Powers can add to this team in three weeks. Hey, hopefully. Brad, thoughts on Dylan Powers returning to Orange County? If there were ever a player signing that makes sense, um, it's this. I know I talk about frequently, if you're going to bring a player in, they need to already have known the system, and he knows the system. Hopefully he can hit the ground. I know he played in Northern Ireland this past season, and he played in like eight games or something. I don't know how many of those are starts, because their statistics are kind of uh, kaput. But hopefully he can just fill in and be the same player he was last season. 
yeah, hopefully um, Dylan Powers can provide some stability with his team and um, provide the leadership maybe that this team has somehow been lacking, even though you have some, you have a Michael Orozco in there, you have um, a Patrick Rakowski, some of these players that showed great leadership in uh, the run for the championship, but we've struggled to see that um, calming leadership on the pitch. It's been very chaotic out there, especially as uh, players have started to struggle. So maybe Dylan Powers can bring us back uh, to that calmness uh, and, and get us back into what we need. And, and again, we've talked about this the last few episodes. I get it. Orange County is really down on the table, but all they have to do is get to, you know, that, that last playoff spot. And who knows if you go on a good run, when you get to the playoffs, it can happen. I mean, so uh, it, it's not out of the reach. It's something that you can still do. And it, that's the one interesting and amazing thing or weird thing about U S soccer, as opposed to most of the rest of the world is, there's this playoff thing at the end of it. So you could be the seventh best team in your league, but if you get into that playoff spot, you could still win a title and you could still lift a trophy at the end of the season, um, which you can't do in most other countries. So that'll be very awesome to see if Dylan powers can help contribute to that. Um, yeah. With that said, let's get to our soccer, random soccer stuff. Um, that if anyone has anything randomly about soccer to talk about, let's go for it. Um, I'm going to jump first and I have to ask you, Brad, I don't know because you're you're here an Everton comes, fan. Comes. So I know Rich Charleston came over to Tottenham from Everton, but apparently he's going to be suspended for the first match with Tottenham because he threw a flare into the stands. What the, what what goes on yes, in yeah. Everton, and why are you Everton fans throwing flares at the players for them to have to throw back to you? What's going on there? Um, yeah, uh, Everton supporters have been. Bar none, the most entertaining supporters I've ever seen. Uh, now, when they say flares, we're literally just talking actual smoke bombs. You know, the same ones that they use at USL games, not the ones that they use in like Greece, where you just pan over the camera to the fan section and it looks like it's, and it looks A like fire. it's uh, that place Satan lives in. Um, but yeah, I mean. It's kind of upsetting that uh, Everton played Chelsea in the first game of the season and not Tottenham because I don't think uh, fans have the stomach to watch uh, Richarlson play against them in Goodison. Um, He was just one of those players that everyone loved because regardless of like his conduct on the field or not, he gave 100% of his heart to the, to the fan base. And, uh, he has a tattoo right here on his neck that says he's Brazilian, which is a, uh, a hint to, uh, chance the fans would chant for him. You know, he put his soul into that team. He was, he's a class guy off the pitch. And it's interesting. Cause he's going to, he's going to slot into Tottenham as probably like the, the super sub, right? Cause you already have Kane, Son and uh, Kulisevsky on the front line there. Um, I don't think Conte changes his formation. So you're going to have Richarlison. The reason they brought him in is he can play up top or he can play on both both wings, which is perfect. He's the super sub for Tottenham. Um, and maybe that helps, you know, helps him because then he's not worn out at the end of the season, which is really cool. But I was just, I was really curious. I hadn't heard about this flare thing that he's getting a suspension for, which was um, interesting to see there. Um, do either of you have any random soccer stuff you want to talk about? All right. It seems like, you know, so let's get to our random thoughts and wrap up this episode. I'm going to go to you first, Dylan, since we have not heard your voice in a while, what is your random thought for the night? Um, this is probably going to go in direct 
<laughs> contrast to Brad, which is why I'm so glad I'm going first. But man, fireworks are really, really lame. And uh, I think this was my random thought last year or two years ago, but still blows my mind that we all like to have pets. Um, and then we just terrorize them for like a week, two, or if you live where I live, like six months out of the year by just constantly blowing up MAEs in the street. Also, like the air quality is really bad. So why, why, why? Don't you, you, you got to love that like on Twitter, it's a trending thing every 4th of July is you, you go on Twitter and one of the trending topics is just hashtag Los Angeles because they do like the aerial views of the greater LA area when 4th of July is going on with all the illegal fireworks. Although I don't think they're illegal in Nevada, Brad. So you're used to those like exploding things in the sky. <laughs> um, but, but what's your random thought? So my random thought, I know uh, Dylan's thinking I'm pro-firework here. I'm actually anti-firework myself, and I was being sarcastic early on. Um, The place I live at now, we have three dogs. I was just comforting the one dog that was having a nightmare earlier. Um, But he's the only dog in this house that isn't mortally, morbidly, I don't know how you say it, uh, but terrified of fireworks. Uh, Little, we have this uh, Australian Shepherd here, and she's like the most brash, you know, bold, cool dog, and she's like super fun and and nice. But you know, fireworks and the sound of fireworks, like in the neighborhood, like a house down, she's terrified running to the bathroom. And you know, I sat a lot of yesterday, kind of comforting dogs uh, that needed attention because. Otherwise, you know, the whole world's blowing up next to them and it's like a hundred times worse for them because they're dogs. And yeah, it just, you know, drone shows are pretty cool too. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's kind of a cop out, but drone shows are the way of the future. No, I, I haven't watched like a, an official, like live drone show. I've seen videos of them. They look really cool. So I'm really excited to get to see one of those soon. Uh, my random thought is uh, we're still in the middle of a pandemic and I realized this uh, when yesterday, 4th of July, my son got hit on the side of his head with a uh, like souvenir, one of those little souvenir baseball bats and got a big old gash. We had to rush to the ER. Um, I was prepared because we're in the middle of a pandemic for a very long wait in the ER on a 4th of July, assuming that there's going to be even more short staffed and there's going to be a bunch of people that have missing fingers going into the ER. Um, so we were in the La Mirada area. We had to travel over to st jude up in what is that foolish Brea area and uh we got there got in and they pulled us right in um end of the story in and out in 45 minutes with five staples on my son's head um which i was not anticipating um i feel bad for my son to get five staples on his head from this bat injury uh, but he was a brave little guy although in the moment he was asked he was begging me not to let them do it to him um, but I had to pull on that dad face and just tell him he has to do it. It's it's needed. It's necessary. And he's now back to normal, except for he has three or, or sorry, five pieces of metal stuck into his uh, skull um, that he has going to have for a week. But um, I just want to give a big props and and a big thanks to all the um, healthcare workers, especially those working in the ER that are um, still even after two and a half years of uh, a pandemic. Um, they're stressed out, they're worn out, they're tired, but they're still going through this and they're still helping people that need the help at the time, regardless of what it is that they're trying to help with. 
Um, and props to St. Jude on 4th of July, having enough staffing where they can get uh, my son in and out in 45 minutes with staples and all in his head, um, which was pretty darn amazing. So um, props to all healthcare workers, um, those in critical care and urgent care um, in ERs, um, and um, especially thanks to those at St. Jude um, for, for helping out my son yesterday. Brad, you, you raise your, your finger. Really yeah. Quick. Uh, this isn't the one that plays soccer. He's not going to be missing time. Is it? Oh, he's the one that plays soccer and we're supposed Ooh. to get back to training in next Monday. He's probably going to miss. I'm probably going to sit him out on the Monday. He's supposed to get the staples out on Monday, but I'm probably going to just have him like not practice on that day and just practice uh, the next time. Um, Poor kid. but we're still waiting for our official field. So we may not practice on Monday anyways, which is a good thing, but uh, I, I think he'll be good to go. Um, once those staples are out, he should be good to go. So, uh, yeah. All right, perfect. Well, that's the end of our episode. This was awesome. Sorry to bum you all out um, with a story of a 10-year-old getting five staples in their head. But um, again, thanks to all the healthcare workers. I want to thank Dylan. We finally found you. We finally got you back on um, live and direct from grandma's house. Thank you, Dylan, Brad, with the green screen of the orange and black soccer cast logo. Thank you for always being here. Alan is MIA. I believe he's on vacation. So um, hopefully he's enjoying that. I believe recently on social media, it was like hot thunderstorms and he was just shocked by it because here in California, if it's raining and thunderstorms, it's usually cold. Um, our producer, Andy, thank you as always for all the work you do while you're out of town. Um, this is the orange and black soccer cast and we are out. Oh.